welcome to the fourth and final episode of our 22-Minute Walk Leadership Podcast Series. This week, we are featuring Erin Taylor, who is the owner of Taylor Strategies and Consulting. Erin is a graduate of Leadership Wyoming Class of 2006, and she was also in our new women's cohort, the Brio Collective, with me this year. Erin lives in Cheyenne, and she's basically a master of mindfulness, um, so we're really lucky that she wanted to be a part of this challenge with us. Erin, can you tell us about your work around mindful mindsets, what it is, and how you got into that? I'd be happy to do that, Toby. Thank you, and thanks for the opportunity to participate. I think this has been really fun, and I've heard a lot of people talking about it, so thank you. Um, yeah, so so my jumping into mindfulness really, for me, happened, I'd say, probably five or six years ago, and for me, it's, it's pretty personal. I was... Um, you know, doing all the things, the the consulting that you talked about, working in the world of politics. I'm a mom. I have three kids. I'm a, a type one Enneagram. I like to be a perfectionist and all of these things. Um, but my body was starting to tell me that that this isn't working. And, and really where it ended up being is that I um, was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. But part of that was you got to learn how to to manage your stress. And so for me, um, you know, I've, I've read about mindfulness and heard about it. I just dove in. Um, you can see I, I'm, I'm a reader. I've got all the books and I started listening to podcasts and really just trying to figure out what is it and, and how could it work for me? And, and really the cool thing was is that an average everyday person like me, um, who has a lot going on, like I think most people who are graduates of Leadership Wyoming are. Um, is that there's there's room for this. And, and so I really started diving in, learning some practices that um, tried some things on, tried some things that I didn't think worked, but really found some things that did. And, and that's where um, my personal journey started. And now I have made it part of, um, you know, a career path moving forward and gotten certified in, in mindfulness, especially in the workplace. So it's been a really, really neat journey. And what I like to say to people is that it worked for me. Mm -hmm. And in, so my next question is, what ways have you learned that it worked for you? Um, and, and how did it change your perspective on your work and your life environment? That's a really great question. And what I would say is, um, like I said, I tried a few different things on it's really about being present, right? It's being present in the moment and, and not worrying about what's going to happen in the future or what's happened in the past and, and taking judgment out. Um, and, and there's different ways to do that. So for me, um, there's, there's, there's really three things that really resonate for me and it's part of my everyday practice now. I like to practice a pause. And so that for me is wherever I am, if it's just like right here at my desk or if I'm at the Capitol working or um, in a situation where I kind of, I kind of need a little time out, I practice a pause. And so it's almost like creating a ritual of what that could look like. So if I'm home and I have an availability, I like to make a cup of tea and, and it's opening the tea, smelling the, smelling the, the tea leaves, pouring the water, really paying attention and, and breathing that whole ritual in is something that I really like to do um, wherever I am. Um, the second one is, is gratitude, a practice of gratitude. Um, I think there's a lot of power in writing it down for me that that's how it is. And so both in the morning and at night, if I can, but especially at night, I write down three things that I'm grateful for. 
And sometimes they're the same. I try and mix it up so they're not the same. And then the third thing is, is breath work. Um, you know, our breath, we always have our breath with us. So it's not something if you don't have a tea bag or wherever you are, you can always breathe. And I really like the, um, the breathing the square. A lot of folks have heard about that. Um, you know, you breathe in for four counts, you hold it for four counts, you breathe out for four counts and you hold it for counts. And it really truly actually, you know, calms down your central nervous system and reminds you that you can be right here in this moment. So those are the three things for me that are, that are part of my routine all the time. I really like that pause. I think um, Mandy and Jim talked about something like that last week in the podcast about how, like when we take that pause, it doesn't have to be just like, you know, what we've been doing, complete silence on a walk, but it doesn't always have to be that, you know, like I think oftentimes we think of mindfulness and we think we have to be like sitting on our couch, cross-legged, like meditating, but it can totally just be like, okay, I'm going to make myself a cup of tea and just think about nothing for a second and just like smell the tea and focus on that for a minute. That can be your pause, um, you know, or shoveling snow in your driveway. Like it can be that too. Yeah. Or if, you know, this, we're, we're all back to doing everything we did before the pandemic. Right. So we're, we're all, I think a little elevated this year, at least I know I am. So maybe you're going meeting to meeting. Maybe it's just like focusing on the the handle of the door before you walk in or before you start the meeting, just take one breath. So it's, it's even like a micro practice, right? It doesn't have to be a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And the gratitude also, I found that really interesting this last year. I don't remember where I read this, but somewhere about how, you know, it's good practice to force yourself to write down a couple things you're grateful for, even if it's the same thing every day, but trying to change it up and how you're like forcing yourself to do that. But soon you won't have to force that. And it'll just be like in your brain, you're just, you'll feel that gratitude without having to be like, okay, what am I grateful for? You know, you'll just feel it. Um, it'll come along. And it actually changes the neurons in your brain. That's what's beautiful about it. There's neuroscience to back it up. Yeah. So it's what you feed grows, right? So if you feed the gratitude and work on that, then then that is a mindset that builds in you. And that's the beauty part of it. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And so where do you, I mean, I guess these are some great practices. I, my, my next question was going to be, what are some of the best ways for people who maybe aren't practicing some of these things? What are the best ways for them to integrate them into their life? And um, I guess a, a few of these are are probably it, like the even just the simple, you know, writing down every night what you're grateful for. Um, but do you have any other like maybe quick and easy ways for people to start? Yeah, I think it would be just do a little bit of exploration as to, you know, what might work for you. Cause because you might be a person that's really connected to the outdoors. And so maybe you think about how you align what these practices could look like for you in a way that you know feeds your soul. And so Maybe it's through exercise, maybe it's through the outdoors, um, maybe it's through creativity, you know, um, and, and music. So, so think of what might work for you and, and, and try it. Um, you don't have to put yourself in a box just because that's how other people have done it. So, so maybe you do meditate for um, just one minute even, um, or rather than 20, or because that's hard it's hard, you know, and we all have monkey mind, as I like to call it, you know, the thoughts coming in and going, and maybe you just sit there and give yourself the grace to know that I did it for one minute. So, so just try it on, um, give yourself a lot of grace because we are all human beings 
and we all have, you know, brains and thoughts and all the things that are coming and going. So there's a reason why they call it practice. Is th and that's what I like to really emphasize to people. You know, athletes don't get better by not practicing and lawyers get better by practice. So, so same with mindfulness. You have to practice and maybe one day it really resonates with you. And maybe another day you're like, wow, I'm just not doing this well today. And, and give yourself the grace to know that, that you can try again tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. something that's been interesting for me to learn is that this stuff, it really is an exercise. It's like exercising. You know, it's not like going to the gym and lifting weights, but it's exercising just the same. It's just exercising your brain and there can be such big benefits from that. And I tried meditating earlier this year and I do it now every once in a while, but it is hard. <laughs> like it really, until you try it, you don't realize how hard it is to just sit there and try to think about nothing or, you know, just focus on one thing. Like your brain is just pulling you in so many different directions, but yeah, it, it just takes practice. Yeah, it does. And so one thing I would suggest and, and offer to folks is that you don't have to just sit there and, and is this how I'm doing it? Am I doing it right? You know, there's lots of apps. Um, there's three apps that I really like. There's the Calm app, um, their guided meditations or, or just peaceful music. Um, there's, um, headspace. That's a really nice one. Um, I really like also 10% happier, um, which is, uh, Dan Harris's, um, app and he's got, you know, several books and he's really a great podcast to listen to too, because he's just like, you know what, I'm just an average guy trying to be less of a jerk. And, and for me, you know, you know, learning to meditate was a big part of building my awareness. And so his podcasts are just really neat interviews with folks, but they have really great meditations. Cool. Those are great resources. Um, and, you know, in your coaching practice and your experience, what do you see people benefiting from uh, the most often after integrating these practices into their lives? I think what really comes up to the most, most of the clients that I work with is that it builds awareness um, and, and recognizing that, you know what, I might not be in a space that I'm comfortable in. Something's challenging me. So is it challenging, you know, your energy, your core values? What is that? And then what can I do to shift my energy? I think, I think that awareness is really the biggest thing because, um, like you, you know, maybe they don't do it all of the time, but it gets them thinking of, am I in a space where I, you know, am capable of being my best? And, and if I'm not, how can I, how can I shift that energy? So I think building awareness is really the biggest. Right. Yeah. yeah. As a, as a consultant working in the legislative space, you brought these mindfulness principles into that world with a weekly morning meeting called Mindful Mindset. Um, can you share what sort of practices you believe can help people in politics um, and maybe why those practices help that group of people or are they just similar to what helps everyone else regardless of well, whether in politics or not? Yeah, well, I think it's 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 kind of a special area and, and maybe right now it's so heightened right now, you know, everywhere, politics. Um, so we started this um, prior to the pandemic and I thought, you know what, if this is something that's so powerful, um, in, in the business world and why, why not bring it into the capital? And so it's voluntary uh, and we just did it Tuesday mornings and it was open to everyone just to kind of throw that out there. It wasn't a mandatory thing, but what we did was talk about how we show up and, you know, where's your energy. And then we did talk about some practices, some, some breath work, um, awareness practices, um, recognizing, um, that, 
we're all working on tough issues and how to have difficult conversations, but how do we find the, the human space where we have connectedness? That's where I think that mindfulness can really help. A, okay, I'm, I'm not showing up right now, or I'm trying to be right with, with my person that I'm, I'm talking with. I'm trying to be right. How do I listen more and try and figure out what they're saying to me? And maybe how do we find common ground? So it does, I think we talked a lot about being above the line, you know, where you're being creative and open to listening, or maybe you're being below the line where you're just trying to prove yourself right. And maybe you're operating out of fear and judgment. And so that awareness of, of where you are, I think was one of the biggest concepts we talked about in our time at the Capitol is, you know what, I'm below the line here, but I'm really going to try and figure out how I can build a connection with my colleague because we're, you know, on opposite sides of almost every issue we have, but how do we still connect? Yeah, that awareness piece is really interesting because how can you help yourself or, or work with others or connect with others if you're not sort of aware of like where you are right now? Yeah. 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 I love that. Um, and then since we're getting close to the end of the year, I kind of wanted to switch to that real quick. Um, so all of your questions in the, in Monday's prompt were awesome. So I'm sure maybe that's something you do at the end of the year is ask yourself those questions. Um, do you typically set goals for, for the next year, um, or reflect on the past year or, is that time maybe more linear in your mind and you're just like always setting goals and it doesn't have to necessarily be about the new year? I love this question because I've been so excited to talk about this. So thank you for that. The questions that I laid out for you are, are ones that I've been uh, working on and, and building and sometimes I change them up every year. Um, but I do walk through those in addition to a few other tools where I look at, you know, like the it's kind of like a wheel of life and what that might look like with eight different areas of your life. And um, what are your challenges? What are you, where would you like to make more progress or change, change things up, whatever that could be. Um, align that to maybe what your goals are uh, or not your goals, sorry, your values. Um, there's a lot of folks and, and frankly, until I went through my coaching um, school, I could tell you what's important to me, but I wasn't able to really tell you what my core values are. And, and so doing that work to dig in and figure out what are my core values and how does that align with the big things in my life, um, that really kind of set um, a process for me annually where I can almost write a strategic plan for myself. And that's what I do. I have this really nice notebook that's, that's sitting behind me over here. And I, I work through this stuff every year. Sometimes I flip through it during the year, but I try and set, set out goals. Are, am I in alignment with my values and where I want to be? Where, where do I need to stretch a little bit? Um, what am I afraid of? Or, you know, so that those kind of questions kind of help you do a little bit of that exploration. Mm -hmm. But I do it every year. We do it in businesses and associations. Why not do it with ourselves? Right. Yeah, that is a really funny thought. Like, you know, for business owners or, you know, whatever people who work in organizations, you, you do that for a business. So, you know, why don't you do it for yourself and your personal yeah. life? Yeah. And that ties into with what Andy Thomas, um, in his podcast interview a few weeks ago was saying about trying to recognize what your core values are and then making sure that you're, am I meeting those core values every day or every week or, um, making time for myself? Yeah. And something we learned in Brio is, you know, what core value do I want to carry around in my pocket today? You yeah. know, and I really love that concept. 
Yeah. Is it, is it, yeah. Is it joy? I want to, I want to carry joy around today. Is it creativity? And like, those are some of mine. So it's a really neat concept. And I think anyone can, can try that on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you can change them up every day too. you know, wake up and be like, okay, which, which two do I want to keep in my back pocket today? Or maybe I want to keep these for the next month. Cause I have this thing coming up or yeah, that's a good, or maybe it helps you set your intentions for the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so one question I wanted to ask that you to, and take from your questions that you sent everyone is if you could go back to last January 1st, 20 of this year, 2022, what suggestions would you give your past self? Ah, I didn't know that question was coming. <laughs> there is um, that, in there. That's great. Um, you know what I think I would probably say is, is I like to talk about the COVID blessings of, of, of slowing down right? And being able to, or not able to, to do all the things we used to have to do. And this year, it seems like, you know, work-related, personal, kids, sports, all the things, like it just piled back on in such a way that I said it earlier, I almost feel overwhelmed because because we're back to how, doing things how we used to do. And and I'm not comfortable in that space. So I, I want to to reflect a little bit more on that and and slow down a little bit more and, and maybe figure out where, you know, where I can say no a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. Saying no, be, being able to say no is great advice. <laughs> it's yeah. not easy, right? It's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, you have a Facebook group with over 600 people in it called Why Mindful Mindset, W-Y, um, that you started during the pandemic. So what was, can you tell us a little bit about that and maybe what your goal with that page is? Yes, thank you. I'm so excited about it. You know, it, it, it started after um, the pandemic. We did Mindful Mindset during the session before the world shut down in March. And I thought, how can we move this forward? I'm stuck here in my office in Cheyenne, can't do anything, can't go anywhere. What's a way that I can help and share? And, and it just, with so many people not having connection, I thought that would be a really neat way to do it. So it's a private group you can ask to join. And um, I don't sit and, you know, scrutinize who wants to join, but it's a way to share practices. And sometimes it's a quote, sometimes it's um, a book. We've done book clubs too. So um, it's just a really neat connectedness, um, opportunity for connectedness. And um it's just a real passion of mine. And so it's something that I put a lot of thought into. These questions are up on there on a daily basis, 10 days of reflections, year-end reflections. Um, and I just try and share things that I learned because I'm constantly learning, constantly reading books, and I, I like to share that with folks. So it's something I'm really passionate about. And, and if folks are uh, interested in joining, then just look it up, WY Mindful Mindset. Super cool. That's amazing that you started that. And amazing how big of a following it has too. I mean, that's a great place probably for someone to start who's like looking to be more mindful and maybe needs some encouragement or inspiration. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Great idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then bonus question, what's one lesson that your career as a coach and business owner has taught you that you think could be valuable to everyone listening? You know, I thought about this quite a bit and I think for me, um, I think it really comes down to just trust the process, you know, um, in the, especially in the business world and, and even in the world of politics, you know, we're so focused on outcomes 
Um, it, there are so many steps along the way to get to that outcome. And usually if you are working step-by-step, step, um, the outcome will work itself out in the way that, that, that you are striving for. Um, so just remember that it, it is day by day or minute by minute, whatever that might be, but trust the process. And and that is something that's taken me a long time to learn. But I think if there's advice to share is don't be so focused on outcomes all the time. It's the steps to get there that are probably more important. Right. That's great advice. Yeah, because outcomes could take years. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, Erin, for taking the time to share your expertise and your thoughts. And thanks for being such an awesome closeout to this 22 minute walk challenge. Well, it's been fun. I hope everyone's enjoyed it. Thanks, Toby. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. The 22-Minute Leadership Wyoming podcast series is brought to you by Hilltop Bank in Central Wyoming. Thank you for your support.